0: This episode of Uninhibited Meat Noises presents The Trouble with Cinema, contains spoilers for Sonic the Hedgehog and Birds of Prey and The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn.
1: Act,
0: <laughs> Act 1. Original Film. Donut Steal. The first great deception in Paramount's Sonic the Hedgehog comes in the opening logos. A massive orchestral swell to a choral rendition of the classic Sega jingle as decades of video game history slowly zoom out to reveal the blue and white logo. Cut to the words original film in plain text between bars on a red background. You'd be forgiven for thinking that this was, then... A Sega original film. This is incorrect. Original Film is a separate production company. They make the Fast and Furious films. I have watched none of them. The second great deception lies in the prologue to the film. Sweeping shots of a lovingly rendered Green Hill zone full of Sonic staples. Rolling Hills? Got em. Loop de loops wouldn't be Sonic without those, etc, etc. This visual feast is at the pinnacle of what can we do with mostly photorealistic, somewhat stylized animation technology mountain, right next to Disney's Hey, what if we just did a bunch of stuff again but made it look like it was real Everest? This does not last, as Sonic is flung into exile by his mentor and guardian Longclaw. We too are flung years into the future, but not many finding ourselves in... a normal last regional American town? The rest of this film is set in the real world. If you haven't watched the trailers, you have been snookered. A side note. Rest in peace, Longclaw. Brief was your time with us. May you go to the great Beshtel test in the sky with all the other strong female characters taken from us too soon. The third great deception is that the film is actually pretty good when everyone's expectations were low. It's got some rough edges, some things I could take or leave, but on the whole, I enjoyed my time with it. There are some bad adaptations out there, but this ain't it. Or at least that's what I'm going with. I have a small confession to make. The extent of my experience with the Sonic video games can be boiled down to... Sonic Generations Sonic Mania The Sega racing games Sonic R And one of the Sonic and Mario Olympic tie-ins And a shirt I got in a humble bundle I'm not a Sonic fan, not really I can't really tell you how well or poorly The franchise has been adapted here. I can only speak to the film as a standalone experience. With that being said... Act 1, Part 2. A strong 7 out of 10 rings. There's a scene that any film starring or featuring a speedster character needs to do, and do well, to be worth its salt. Let's call this... The instant solution scene. In an instant solution scene, the character must have gotten themselves into a very complicated, very difficult situation. The solution to the situation is to go so fast that time seems to slow around you. Relativity. Hard at work. Solve all the problems, put everyone you dislike in humiliating positions, return to real time and watch as things diffuse around you. The classic example is any Quicksilver scene from the X-Men franchise. Sonic the Hedgehog has a real strong iteration of the concept in the Piston Pit scene. Sonic is told to stay in the car while his reluctant human guardian Tom picks up supplies in a nearby store. Across the street from the store is a raucous bar called the Piston Pit, with a bunch of cool, very fast cars out the front. Sonic can't help himself and goes in. When Tom eventually comes back to drag him out, he instead introduces Sonic to the concept of a bucket list. Q shenanigans. The upshot is that at some point Sonic bumps Tom into some big guy, and everything goes to hell in the usual domino fashion. Sonic goes fast enough that he can get everyone in position to fall over in a heap, toilet paper mummies one guy, and sits Tom at the bar. Come back to real time and it's all over in an instant. Very satisfying stuff. Sonic the Hedgehog has a bunch of bits like this that I like, with fascinating concepts, and they mostly hold the film together. There's a problem, though. Act 1, Part 3 How much acting is too much acting? I couldn't handle Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, there's not much for me to say about it. I understand that energetic performances are his stock-and-trade, but... Uh, his scenes in this are like getting hit in the face with a very loud, very angry building. It's not even that the characterization is wrong. Eggman is supposed to be a large ham, but it's just... ...too much for me. And, and there's so much of him in the film, it just... Oh... no... Act 1, Part 4 Everybody Go Home And that's really all I have to say about the film itself. It's perfectly serviceable, and I'll probably watch the inevitable sequel. No, what I want to talk about is visual effects. There are some very good visual effects in this film. There's an entirely believable teleportation-based chase sequence at the climax of the film that really shows off what the team is capable of. I... don't care about this. MPC Vancouver was a division of Visual Effects Company, Moving Picture Company. MPC Vancouver was responsible in some significant part for the character design and redesign on the character Sonic. They spent months working on getting the film back up to scratch after the debacle of the initial design. In December 2019, MPC Vancouver was closed by its parent company. I don't know how much Sonic had to do with it, but there have been reports of abusive behaviour on the part of management. I have only sympathy for those affected by such behaviours and by the closure. Animation continues to be a terrible industry to work in, and it's very difficult to resolve. Right, pulling out of that, let's move on. Act 2 Where Everybody Knows You're Bad Warner Brothers Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is a film about a breakup. I have no context for this breakup. This is the first DC film I've seen since Wonder Woman, which was the first I'd seen since. Man of Steel? Yes. Birds of Prey is very happy to provide this context where it becomes necessary. It is full to the brim with flashback sequences. I could even be persuaded to say, there are too many. Birds of Prey is a bit of a mess in that respect, and it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the film, which is... ...fine? I don't know what else I can say about it. It's fine. The characters are good, it's sweary, violent, a little sexual, but none of this is unexpected for a Harley Quinn film. The plot... works. I could talk about how good Mary Elizabeth Winstead is at tasteful underacting, but I don't have that much to say about it, and in any case... I've left writing this to the last possible moment, and I really need to get to my overall conclusions. Music's good, some solid jokes, film's fine, nothing else to say about it. Act 3. The trouble with adaptations. This is going to be a little flimsy, I'm sorry. The trouble with adaptations is context. The question of how much you rely on your audience's prior knowledge is an endless struggle. Sonic the Hedgehog answers the question by pitching itself as a straight-origin story, introducing the characters as if they were entirely new. Indeed, all but two of the characters are inventions of the film, and those that aren't we get the gist of very quickly. It's very show-not-tell. In contrast, Birds of Prey is a film in an established franchise with several previous films. It relies heavily on flashback to provide context, but much of this flashback seems to be new content to the series, and the rest provides enough context that I was not confused or left in the dark. That being said, I think I appreciate Sonic's approach more. It's far less heavy-handed, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the better film. Anyway, that's it. Sorry this was rushed. I sort of left it to the last moment, which is sort of my thing. Um, maybe next week it will be better? I wouldn't count on it. Yes. Yes. Anyway, there will be more next week. Uh, Next week we're covering the film 1917 and the trouble with knowing things. So I'll see you then. These have been Uninhibited Meat Noises. They were written, recorded and edited by Thomas Chick. Uninhibited Meat Noises is a sister podcast to Still Under Wraps which is very different in format, being unscripted and including an additional human. To listen, go to anchor.fm slash Wraps or search for it wherever you get good podcasts. Music, if there is much music, I don't know yet, I'll be sort of rushing the edit. In this episode was produced by Kevin McLeod of incomptech.com and used under a Creative Commons by attribution 3.0 license. For more information about Creative Commons, go to creativecommons.org. Uninhibited Meat Noises is a first exit production. Oh, yeah, I remembered something about Birds of Prey. Stick around after the credits, there's this really good joke about